Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's 80s week, but without synthesizers, big hair, and tapered jeans. Speak for yourself. 83 and 88 are the numbers of the day. We celebrate the countdown today with the last guy to catch a game-winning TD against Utah. Andrew George joins the program. Plus, Major League Dreams in play today. Two-time All-WCC player Brock Hale of BYU Baseball joins us in studio. Is this the year he gets drafted? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, June 5th. Hope you're enjoying it wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Full House fanboy, Jerem Jordan. I watched it when I was younger. I haven't watched the Netflix series, so I wouldn't say I'm a fanboy. Are you a fanboy of The Full House? In the 80s, absolutely. I was early 90s, 100%. Yeah, it was fun. I remember watching it. With Bob Saget. Cut it out, uh, yeah. uh, John Stamos. Whose character is, what's his name? Jesse Katsopoulos, is that what it is? I think so. <laughs> I don't know exactly. <laughs> with uh, the Tanner the family, the right? The twins. The Tanner family. I was hanging out with my cousin the other night who lives uh, close to me, and he's got four children under the age of 12, and they have taken to Full House. Nice. Well, they are a Full House now. <laughs> they are their own Full House. Best character on that show. Be here all week. Best character on that show. I don't know. <laughs> Give me an opinion. I haven't watched it in like 20 years. You need to get on that, man. Do I? Yeah. I have lots of other offerings <laughs> ahead of that one. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> Come on. I know you were crushing on Stephanie Tanner back in the day. It wasn't, man. <laughs> it wasn't. Google Stephanie Tanner right now. Uh, while you do that, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, it's 80s week, and here we go again. BYU a decade for BYU. Football, indeed it was. BYU football, following a 4-9 and nine season, finds itself well-planted in the bottom half of another preseason football publication's 1-130 to 130 rankings. This time in at number 83 from Lindy's College Football Preview. Is number 83 from Lindy's too high, too low, or just right, Jerem? It's probably just right. Like, why should BYU be higher or lower? Ultimately, this doesn't matter, right? If BYU was 59, it'd be like, okay, they're in the upper half college football. After going 4-9 and basically returning the same crew on the field, why would BYU be higher? It's fine. I would rather start low and go up than say, let's try and win every game and then lose game six. Like, we've been there, done that a decade ago. And that wasn't that fun, right? But what I think could be fun with this team is, if this team goes from 4-9 to 7-5 and and they win one or two games against the Power 5 teams, they start going forward, you get some hope. 2010, the end of that season, felt better than the end of 2008. And that's a three-game difference, a 10-3 and three team versus a 7-6 and six team. Because you have hope, you have some optimism, like that feeling is worth something. So I'm okay being 83 in Lindy's because it doesn't matter. At the end of the season, there will not be 82 better teams in college football 
than BYU. By the way, Utah State's 81. Of course they are. Of course they are. In every publication that we've discussed, Utah State and UMass, for that matter, have been ranked higher than BYU because of what happened last year. It's always recency bias. Well, it should be. They're talking about this season. And I'm okay with 83 because I know at the end of the season there won't be 82 teams that are better than BYU. If BYU goes 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, they'll be somewhere in the 60s or 70s. Keep in mind there are 80 teams that go to bowl games, right? That's a lot. 80 teams. It's too many. It is too many. But if BYU is 7-5 and five or 6-6, six and six, they'll be somewhere in the 60s or 70s. Sure. Set the number low. It bothered me at first when we brought up the first two or three numbers. It, I think it's just dumb, and I think it's too reactionary, and there's too much recency bias involved. You can't think that BYU is automatically going to be another losing record program because of one season when you've gone to 12 consecutive bowl games before that. Well, hold on. The reason they're 83 is because they returned because- the same crew. They don't return the same crew, though. They got rid of the whole offensive staff. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about on the field, the guys that actually play the game. BYU returns like the same team. So they won't get any better. The hope is they get better. But why, if if Lindy's put BYU at, like, in the 50s, that would be unfair. I'm not saying 50s. I'm saying they're not 83. This is totally fair based on what BYU did and who they have back. I'm not saying BYU's not going to change it. I'm saying this is fair because... What, what's the best indicator of the future? The, the past and the present. And what BYU did and who they have back merit a low ranking. A lot of the guys that were on the 9-4 and four team are back as well. Offensively, not, not as many of those guys. This year's team is comprised of players but from last year. The offense the isn't just isn't the whole team. We're talking about the whole team. A lot of those guys are back. They're on the 9-4 and four team. So who are they? I don't think they're the 83rd team in the country. Yeah. Well, when in, when in Rome. Yesterday, SB Nation released an article entitled 2018 World Cup Teams as College Football Teams. The Cougars drew the comparison to Uruguay. A dirty, quote, a dirty team Come with on. some big wins a long time ago, all based in a really beautiful area you probably wouldn't visit otherwise, end quote. What's your reaction to this comparison? Come on, man. Really? To quote it, a dirty team... That's based on 2014 Miami Beach Bowl, probably. So that is what BYU is now because of one and, thing? And 2015 Boise State. Okay, two, two incidents. You're telling me that those things don't happen for every college football program? It's because it's BYU. The brawl? No. It's because it's BYU that there is a greater spotlight casted on those things. It is well, yeah, when you, exaggerated when you, when and you elevated tell everyone and escalated. How shiny your aura is, you're going to draw the attention when it's not so shiny. So that all makes of a, sense. So they're a dirty team now? Come on. Well, I, Come I, on. I don't think 2018 be always dirty, but that 2014 team, that yeah, that was a, a, a black mark on BYU football. So my sure. reaction to that is, okay, that's silly. Like, I know that there are moments that BYU's administration and football fans want gone. They don't want to think about those things. But we're talking about the 2018 team. Like, this, that carries over every season? Come on, that's, that's dumb. What that's is BYU, stupid. What has BYU done recently to draw kind of a different, you know, shine or, or comparison? I would compare BYU to the U.S., Right now, not relevant. Well, that's what Colin Cowherd did a couple of not, years ago. Like, not relevant in college football. 
What BYU can do, U.S. isn't in the World Cup, which is like so disappointing. What BYU can do is get back to a bowl game this year and then continue to build the program towards getting back to 10-plus wins and getting ranked. Now you're back to what you feel like BYU football is. Andrew George will join us coming up. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. He's been opinionated on Twitter of kind of what he wants to see BYU do and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I w- what's my reaction? Uh, I think the U.S. would be a better uh, comparison. Though. Well, the U.S. isn't in the World Cup, so... They're not I- relevant. Yeah, is my idea. England, to me, is the team that is comparable to also BYU. Also not relevant. But pretty good time after time. Okay, they're there. They typically get into the round they're of 16. <laughs> English soccer, they're they, there. They make the World <laughs> Cup every go around. A they, long time ago, they won it all. 66, the last Their one. fans glory they, in that. They created the sport. You should make the World Cup. It's been a long time since they were at the top, but they are consistently pretty good. And it's a long way to the top when you want to rock and roll. Oh, my goodness. BYU golfer Rhett Rasmussen just qualified for the U.S. Open. Yes. He shot rounds of 71 and 66 in the final rounds of that qualification. He had to be in the top five, and he did it. Did Rhett Rasmussen, Rhett the Jet, just produce the peak moment for all of BYU golf in 2018? It's been a good year. Let's talk about some of those things. So Peter Quest, his quest for perfection, uh, double eagle at the NCAA Championships whole one. That was the best kind of singular moment of the year. This is bigger in terms of scope and impact. It's not a single hole. It's qualifying for the U.S. tournament. You've got to be great U.S. Open in several rounds. Yes, that's awesome for Rhett the Jet, who leveraged the karma. He was on the show two weeks ago. So congratulations to Rhett. He may even get to play with Tony Finau, apparently, which is super cool. So repping uh, Utah and repping the BYU Cougars. Yes, this is the greatest individual accomplishment for all of BYU golf. In recent memory, you qualify for the United States Open as an amateur and have to do so through just a brutal qualification process. It is so tough to claim one of those very few spots. Congratulations to Rhett the Jet shooting 71 and 66 in the final two rounds of U.S. Open qualifying. And Patrick Fishburne qualified individually after the team didn't advance. And uh, so there were some real, real good highlights for oh, Joey I think Men's those are two year. names that you will see on the Professional Golfers Association tour in the very near future. Patrick Fishburne and Rhett Rasmussen. And we'll see if Peter Quest is there and some of these other guys, too. Uh, Rounds one and two of the Major League Baseball draft are in the books. Uh, Rounds three through ten today. Rounds 11 through 40 happen tomorrow. So, Spencer, over under one and a half BYU baseball players drafted uh, in the MLB draft this week. There are 40 rounds in the Major League Baseball draft. (laughs) Forty! So many! A lot of dudes. With the 1,217th pick, the Arizona Diamondbacks select. That's not far off. Seriously, I think that BYU has three guys that are on some type of draft radar. They are Brock Hale, who we will talk to in just a few minutes. He is the He's guy getting that drafted. is going to get drafted. We okay? thought that last year, and it didn't happen. He's going to go. But it's going to happen. This there are two others. Jordan Wood, ace pitcher, all West Coast Conference first-teamer. 
Uh, his ERA was really solid, under three this year. He was clearly the most consistent pitcher that BYU had. He's on some radars, but he's a little bit of a stretch or a reach. If he goes, it'll be like rounds his 35 His fastball's not kind of mid, mid-90s, and that's the issue, I think. No, but he's got good yes. location, yes. right? He's got good he's stuff. Good, he's a good pitcher. And the third is D.C. Clausen. David Clausen, mm-hmm. the catcher. Incredible arm. Really hard to steal a base against him, and he's got a pretty darn good bat. He's a good defensive-minded catcher. Previous draft pick of the Yankees. So does he go? Okay, so I think that it is over because I think Clawson will go in the later rounds. I think BYU will have two draft picks in the 40 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft. I'll go over. Yeah, Brock Hale and then one of the two you mentioned, Jordan Wood and or D.C. Clawson. I wouldn't be shocked if it was three. I'll go over. I'll go over. Two yeah. plus. If it's not, I think that's disappointing. I think that... Mike Littlewood has enough talent on his roster to have two draft picks this year. Yes. Yes, I think every year BYU is producing a, a decent opportunity and number there. Colton Shaver and Maverick Buffalo last year, it was two last year. Let's go. Multiple draft picks. That'll happen uh, over the next 36 hours or so. Again, Brock Hale will join us in Studio B in just a little bit. Our question of the day, which professional team would you compare BYU football to and Why? Think about it. Jerem and I just gave our World Cup teams that we would compare the BYU football team to. Or non-qualifying World Cup teams. In case. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but we're opening it up to all professional teams. Time to hear from you. This is The Voice of the Nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At C. Murphy Pro and on Twitter. BYU football is like the Philadelphia 76ers. We, too, must, quote, trust the process. Ain't nobody got time for that. We don't have three years to waste. You got to go to a bowl game this year, or it's going to get a little, little hot over there. Well, 6-6 six and six isn't great, but it's good to go to a bowl game. Isn't that kind of trusting the process? Well, like Everybody wants to win double-digit games, but 6-6 six and six is the next step, it feels like. You know like. what no one's talking about is the process after going to a bowl game because the schedule's too tough. Yeah, win 10 games, get right. No one's discussing that because it is not realistic with these schedules. At BYU Bo 90 on Instagram. Bo Hodge? The Chicago Bears, big in the 80s, big fan base. Usually have lots of hype early in the season and then seem to disappoint during the season. (laughs) Man, I'm in a great mood after that one. (laughs) Coming up, how fast is Lauren McClain? We'll find out in today's Between the Lines. Can she beat a 5-1-6-40? Plus, Brock Hale is preparing to realize his major league dream sometime in the next 36 hours. Is today the day his name is called? Hopefully. He'll join us live. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, June 22nd, BYU Football Media Day is on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Lots of programming that day. You're going to want to hang out with us. It's coming up Friday, June 22nd, two and a half weeks away. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. Specifically answer this question of the day. Which professional team... Would you compare BYU football to and why? At Laser Sheep, says the Arizona Diamondbacks of the major leagues. They've won a title, but with limited resources, 
Salary limitations of an expansion team like Arizona can be paralleled with BYU's honor code and academic standards. He's taking this next level. Mormons are a large fan base for both teams because of geography. Hashtag BYUSN. That's a good one. Keep them coming on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now in Studio B, a man who is hoping to find his way into the major leagues, perhaps with the Arizona Diamondbacks. BYU outfielder, two-time All-West Coast Conference performer, Brock Hale. Brock, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks for having me. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and say last year was really dumb. I don't know why you didn't get drafted last year. We watched every stinking round waiting for your I'm, name and were shocked. I'm it still didn't confused. Happen. I think it was ridiculous. I'm angry. I'm fired up today. But now you have another opportunity today. Do you feel like this is the year for you? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, um, I think last year, um, because I had a knee injury in the middle of the season, I think that could have played a, some kind of factor into it. I mean, talking to some scouts this year, I think they're kind of worried about it. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, there's nothing you can really do. I was kind of sitting there too, you know, kind of, you know, what just happened, like why I didn't get drafted. There's a lot of expectations. But, um, yeah, so I just kind of thought, you know, for some reason I was supposed to come back here and, and play. So, yeah, right now it's just, just a waiting game. Selfishly, I was happy that you came back. <laughs> yeah, we're like, this is good for BYU baseball, bad for Brock. Uh, do you expect to be drafted? Yeah, I I think with the numbers that I've put up the last two years and um, I could say just the tools and stuff, uh, I think, yeah, I I think for sure that I can go play at the next level and not just play but even perform at at a high level. And um, so more than, you know, money issues, I think like for me, the biggest thing that I want is just opportunities to move up. So let's talk about your numbers from the last two years. Uh, You had 395 last year, 342 this year uh were you pleased with the season you put up this year after last year kind of being snubbed in the draft uh in, in aspects yes I mean I was I mean I was pleased with you know 342 you can't really complain about that yeah I was gonna say come on man 342 is pretty good yeah but there's always there's always things you, you look back you know like you know I could have done better you know um in different aspects I mean I mean if you look at it like there was a time against like Hawaii and like Auburn I think I had like a five game hitless streak or something I've and, already forgotten yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, you look back and you're like, wow, you know, I get, you know, a couple hits here, a couple hits there, you know, things look different, or, you know, maybe I get a couple hits here, a couple hits there, you know, we get a win, and, you know, a couple more wins, and that could have been the difference for us in, in making the West Coast Conference so, uh, tournament. So, uh, yeah, you look at different things, and, but I mean, as a season, like hitting 342, I, I couldn't really complain about that. Didn't everybody have struggles against Auburn pitching? Didn't they produce the number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft or something like that? Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> Four but I mean, we played a three-game series, so. Okay, you know? all right. Yeah. I know. You're going to be your toughest critic, uh, and you want to compete against the best. You're hoping for an opportunity to do that in the minor leagues. We've talked to a number of guys uh, that went through BYU that have uh, – been given an opportunity, most recently Adam Law yesterday, about mm-hmm. his opportunity. He's at AAA now. Who do you talk with, if anybody at all, and what kind of advice are they giving to you right now? Um, Honestly, I haven't really, you know, talked to a ton of people. I mean, I've talked to, you know, like there's some scouts I've known since, you know, high school and kind of talked to them a little bit. They've, um, especially like last year, they, they sat down and talked to me about what, you know, what the minor league's about. And then when guys, you know, come, like, you know, Hanneman or even Law and Brugman, like I've been able to ask them, you know, kind of like a little bit about, you know, their experience and stuff like that. So, I mean, they always give some good insight, you know, when they come and it's it's good to ask some questions. But, um, but yeah, for the most part, I would say um, just from my experience, you know, last year with the draft, that's kind of just the only really experience I have, 
you know, going into this year. Uh, day two, rounds three through ten begin uh, at the top of the hour coming up at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So how do you pass the time as you're hoping to get a phone call? And, and are you like, people, please don't call me during the draft so that you can just pick up the phone and then it's like a telemarketer or something. You're like, oh, man, I thought this was the Diamondbacks. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, after this, I'm going to hit and like work out with Daniel Schneeman, so... I mean, I'm not super worried about, you know, the draft. So my thing is, like, last year I was super set on it, and I was like, this is the year, this is what's going to happen. Like, But this year, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, like, I, I really wanted to have, don't get me wrong, like, that's that's been my dream since I was a kid. But, um, but yeah, I think I'm more just a little bit, you know, kind of chill about it. You know, when I get the call, or if I get the call, like, then it happens. You know, whatever happens, happens. Is your phone on silent, or are you picking up every call you get just in case? Oh, I'll, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn off silent. I'm going to pick up every call. Yeah, so you know, don't call that, Brock. Okay, <laughs> friends of Brock, do not call him, okay? Today and tomorrow, just don't call him. Yeah, I mean... The, the phone lines my, need to be clear. Unless you're my wife, you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> she can call me. Brock Hale, BYU Baseball with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is Major League Draft Time, hoping to hear his name called sometime in the next two days. Whether it's round three or 40, what I'm gathering from you is you don't care. You just you just want an opportunity. Do you, I mean, do you have any idea of where you think that you'll go, or a team, or a round, or anything like that? Honestly, I, I couldn't really tell you. I mean, um, I think just from the conversations I've had with people, like I just went down to Arizona and did a little like workout with the Astros. So I think if I had picked three teams, it was maybe like the Cubs, the Mets, and the Astros. So, uh, but I, I couldn't really tell you. I mean. I haven't heard anything like, hey, like we want to assign you for this much or like, hey, we th- we're thinking like this round. So I'm I'm kind of like you guys. I have no idea. I'm just kind of waiting just to see. So, I mean, hopefully like top 10 would be cool. But, I mean, realistically, like, you know, 11 through 40, it doesn't matter to me. If you are drafted, will you go? Will you leave and go to the minors? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Uh, have you prepared yourself for life in the minors? And more importantly, has your wife prepared herself for life in the minors? That's yeah. a unique lifestyle, right? Yeah, we're starting right now. She's actually, she actually took an internship in Arizona. Uh, so she's staying with my family. So, yeah, I don't even know the next time I'm going to see my wife. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. This is a crazy time for you, man. Yeah, so, yeah, we spent, you know, we got engaged or whatever. We're together for two months, and then I went to summer ball. So we kind of got a taste of that. Uh, but she's always been super supportive. She wants me to follow my dream and stuff. And um, so, yeah, we're uh, we're pretty excited about the future and, you know, whatever it holds. Brock Hale of BYU Baseball with us on BYU Sports Nation. In hindsight, how would you assess uh, how the BYU baseball season went in 2018? And what do you anticipate is in the future for Mike Littlewood and his future teams? Um, I guess in hindsight – I don't know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned, whether good or bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough year. It was, I think, for everyone. I mean, you look at everyone's numbers and, you know, they went down a little bit. And um, no one really – I don't think anyone really understood, like, why, you know, what was necessarily, like, the cause of all that. And, and so it was just a tough year for, for a lot of guys. I mean, I think a lot of guys put, you know, pressure on themselves. But um, I said this before, you know, Coach Littlewood, he knows how to win. You know, that's that's the main thing. You get here to BYU, and it's about winning. You know, no matter how we do it, um, that's just that's what it's about. So, um, yeah, I'm he's going to get a, a huge group of guys coming in. 
There's going to be a lot of competition at different spots. Um, and that competition is going to breed a lot of guys, you know, to get better. You know, and I think there's a lot of young guys like, you know, guys like Mitch McIntyre who kind of proven themselves this year. And I think those those are some of the guys that are just going to get better and better and better. So it's going to be good. Let's give you the karma. Good luck uh, for the draft. And you don't have Shiv anymore. So that's great news for you. Yeah, that's right. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if, when I came in if they are going to give me a razor or not. You're, so. you're good, Brock. No, no, no. This isn't uh, intramurals. <laughs> you're going to be okay. <laughs> you're good, man. Yeah, where's your BYU Not the ID? RB. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we're super thrilled for you, man. We'll uh, be watching closely and wish you the best of luck. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brock. Coming up, Andrew George caught the game-winning pass the last time BYU beat Utah. What does he expect? And what does he want BYU to do? do in independence and we go between the lines with a team that is headed to nationals jerem that's right byu track and field lauren frankham has the goods can you run a 516 40 lauren oh yeah okay we'll see about that in the next segment baby Woo! Yeah, maybe, maybe this is a new challenge on a bike oh okay that changes things BYU Sports Nation friends welcome back spencer linton and jerem jordan hanging out in radio vision live on byu radio Simulcast on BYU TV. You know how to find us. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. And I think now is a good time to present today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Lindy's College Football ranks BYU as the 83rd best team in college football. Please. They use the following quote from Kalani Satake to describe the quarterback situation. Quote, I will play the best one. I don't care what year they are, freshman or senior, the best one will play. End quote. I feel like we should play the Backstreet Boys or something under that. BYU sophomore golfer Rhett Rasmussen will be playing in next week's U.S. Open in New York after being one of five sectional qualifiers. In San Francisco, he'll join Tony Finau uh, in the U.S. Open. Very exciting for Rhett Rasmussen to qualify for the U.S. Open. That is fantastic. Rhett the Jet. Major League Baseball's draft continues today, rounds 3 through 10. BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood anticipating current BYU baseball star Brock Hale will be drafted at some point over the next two days. We just spoke with him. He says the Astros, the Cubs, or the Mets are the three teams that he feels like showed the most interest and that if he had to pick one of those three, it would probably be there, but who knows? Who knows? And Hale said if he is drafted, he will leave and go to the minors. Brendan Lund went 3-for-5 with an RBI and a run scored in the AA Mobile Bay Bears 6-4 win over the Chattanooga Lookouts yesterday. That's a great mascot. The Lookouts. The Bay Bears, the Lookouts. I don't always find bears, but when I do, (laughs) they're in the Bay. And you're looking out. (laughs) Starting tomorrow, 15 members of the BYU track and field team compete in the NCAA championships in Tracktown, USA, Eugene, Oregon. Famous Hayward Field. An elite accomplishment in and of itself. But in order to make the athletes look even better, before the big meet, we throw in a little bit of that street fashion. Let's go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents... Between the Lines. Listen, I figured I couldn't beat any of the track and field athletes to a foot race, so I decided to challenge them to my own type of race on my own terms. And the results are simply stunning. We're here with the BYU track team. I'm here with Tommy Adagoki, Nicole Lord, and Clark Brown. This is Elite versus Street. I'm going to see if I can beat them at their own game. Sprinting. Let's do this, guys. 
We're starting with Tommy here, and he and I are going to race him just a straight-up 50-meter. I think I can take him, but before we do that, we're going to ask him some sprint questions, see how quick he can answer them. Here we go. Long jumping or sprinting? Ooh, long jump. Favorite poet? Maya Angelou. Favorite musician? Uh, Chris Brown. Favorite food? Shrimp. Beach or mountains? Beach. We're ready. Let's go. Set. Go! just messed up. It's not gonna happen again. Tommy, you may have gotten the best of me, but I have a secret weapon that has been a part of me since I was 10 years old. Really? Okay. I'm gonna ask you a few sprint questions. Ready? All right. Fastest time on the Provo High Track? Uh, 12-7. Favorite athlete? Um, LeBron. Favorite event? Uh, high jump. Song you listen to before track meet? I don't listen to music before track meet. Lame. Favorite cheat treat? Uh, chocolate chip cookies. All right, I'm gonna throw in my secret weapon. You sure you're ready? I'm, re I'm ready. Go! I have one more thing up my sleeve. Clark, you're up. Let's give you some sprint questions. Yeah, ready? I'm ready. Favorite race, 100 or 200? 100. Favorite movie? Invincible. Superhero? Uh, Spider-Man. Pet growing up? Echo, it's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> Hobby apart from track? Football. Let's go. my gosh. Anything you can do to win. Anything you can do to win, no, right? Cheating? You're, you're admonishing yeah, cheating. I mean... Well, is that <laughs> cheating? You win. Is that cheating or is that I don't just think finding it's cheating. somebody I think it's that's strategy. fast and putting a blonde wig on I them so that they strategy. can run faster than everybody else? I think you found your strategy for the next 40-yard sprint. <laughs> 40 meters. Well, there's some other teams on campus that might want to consider that same strategy. Find Be somebody awesome. that can do it better than you and put a wig on them. <laughs> Exactly. We're even wearing the same outfit. I don't really like where this is going. It's weird. I don't either. But uh, but if you guys weren't able to watch this, go to our YouTube page, BOU TV Sports, or follow us on Twitter at BOU underscore BTL. Next week on Between the Lines, we're doing a special Father's Day tribute to all of our outstanding male coaches on campus from the voices of their own family members. Sorry, we're not bringing your kids in again. Oh, that, that was, was last year. Last that was year, good. Though. Yeah. No, no, no. Next, you did next year again. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. maybe and next and good luck to uh, the track a, team. You'll have a couple more kids we can involve. Uh, well, well, yeah, you have a new daughter, and I'll have a new boy. So yeah, uh, 
tomorrow, track yeah. and field championships at Hayward Field. Good luck to those guys. They're Good a great luck. team. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Lauren. Thanks, guys. Coming up, Jake Langlois led Team USA volleyball and kills in a match over the weekend. Where did he just sign another pro contract in Europe? It's 80s week on BYU Sports Nation, and we have the great 88, Andrew George, joining us next. It will be epic, like his 2009 overtime winning touchdown against Utah was. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, June 22nd, BYU Football Media Day. We will have a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special from 12 to 2 Eastern with coaches and players. It's coming up as a part of BYU Football Media Day on Friday, June 22nd. Back in Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs every weeknight on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. In fact, I believe that there just might be a rebroadcast every weekday up until BYU football is back on the field. Jerem? Yes. Countdown to the Wildcats. 88 days. 88 days away from BYU. way better than yesterday. And Arizona. (laughs) Well, I got the rust uh, taken off. Yeah. Yeah, we're WD-40. We're going now. The great 88 Andrew George, who caught the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime to beat Utah in 2009, joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to celebrate 88 days away. Andrew, nice to have you back on the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. How often do you get asked about the scenario and game that I just reminisced about, the 2009 overtime win against Utah? Uh, anytime somebody hears my name and then realize I've lost like 40 pounds and then they realize, oh, wait, you're that same Andrew George who played get, played, uh, played at BYU. And then they ask me about the catch. So that's about it. So you've lost 40 pounds. What did you weigh and what are you now? Oh, man, I was I was like 250 when I was playing. I think that was kind of where I capped out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not 250 anymore. I look like a wide receiver, not a tight end. So, De- yeah, Dennis Pitta had a similar experience when he was uh, a gangly walk-on receiver, <laughs> right? And then he beefed up. Just part of the deal, and there have been uh, certain guys that do this, but 210, you're kind of natural weight, but you beefed up to play football? Right. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's funny. Once you start kind of working out that way and uh, and lifting all the weights and eating all the calories that you have to eat to maintain that weight, it just starts coming off. But unfortunately, uh, most of the muscle mass starts coming off and some of that that fat weight just shows itself a little better so that's that's not very much fun very slimmed (laughs) down and toned version of andrew george is with us on byu sports nation Uh, our fans across the country and world love to hear about what's going on with the former players so uh, give us an update on what you're doing now and what life is like for you at this moment you bet yeah a couple years ago we moved out to colorado springs i've been working out here in healthcare administration uh running a uh a small about 80 bed little hospital here in the Springs and uh, uh, commute every once in a while up to Denver and, and uh, do some things up there. But, uh, but yeah, working in healthcare. So last year, obviously four and nine wasn't the greatest season for BYU football. They're trying to bounce back. We'll ask you about Matt Bushman in a moment and the tight ends and whatnot, but what's your perception of kind of where BYU football is at right now and where they hope to be? You know, I, I kind of think the program's at a little bit of a crossroads to be honest. Um, and, and ultimately, the, the athletic department in general is at a crossroads. 
I mean, the, the whole, you know, uh, being independent and, and having some coaching turnover and some of these things, obviously coming off a season like, like last season. Uh, but, you know, it's only going to continue to get tougher. Um, I think they've done a really great job bringing in some guys with experience uh, who can develop a culture, uh, hopefully, of winning again. A guy like uh, Grimes, who has been at BYU and, and experienced uh, that turnaround and, and the winning tradition at BYU. Um, but, uh, man, I, I just look at the program and I look at the athletic department in general, and it concerns me a little bit just because, you know, independence, you're kind of in limbo. You know, uh, I think people get a little anxious, and the schedules that we're trying to play just don't really match up all that great with, with uh, some of the talent that BYU has. So where are you hoping BYU goes? What direction? Yeah. Well, I actually read something not too long ago about it, about Jerem's opinion on, on the schedule. So I'm actually <laughs> – I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of – I'm a little bit on, on uh, Jerem's team here. To be honest, I, <laughs> Finally, somebody joined me. Thank you, Andrew. It's, it's the unpopular opinion. But – and the reason why I feel that way is I look at the past and what made BYU successful and what built the BYU brand – and it wasn't playing in a Power 5 conference. It was playing, uh, you know, in the WAC, and then ultimately in the Mountain West Conference, and succeeding in that conference every single year, winning 10 games, winning the conference, uh, you know, beating one or two P5 teams. And, and that was, that was uh, really the magic potion for BYU to build their brand over the last 30 years. Um, and ultimately, I, I'm just not sure BYU has, has, can recruit the talent and in part because, uh, you know, restriction, you know, I call them restrictions, but, but honor code and academic standards, it makes it really hard to get certain guys into school and have them succeed here. Um, so you look at those two things, um, and then you just look at uh, perhaps the resources that BYU has in comparison to some of, these, some of these other P5 schools, and it's just a little bit different. So personally, I, I think, you know, BYU would be better served in a G5 conference. Again, I know that's not the popular opinion, but I think, uh, you know, there, there's just hard times continue to be ahead because you look at this schedule, I think it's in like 2020 where they're playing. Uh, man, I, I looked at it the other day, but it's crazy. I don't see how BYU even makes a bowl game with a schedule like that, even with a talented team. Yeah, seven Power Fives in 2020, and not just any Power Fives, typically the upper tier of those Power Five yeah. conferences. Andrew George yep. with us on BYU Sports Nation, the great 88 so with the independent schedule in play this year, and we've talked a ton about it ad nauseum at Wisconsin, at Washington, at Arizona to open up the season, Cal at home, then you finish the regular season at Utah, it is loaded. What would qualify as success this season for BYU football? You know, I, I think for sure if they, if they make a bowl game, uh, that would be a success, obviously a step up from last year. I think anything that shows progress from what they did last year, it's going to be, it's going to take a couple years for them to really be in that, you know, uh, eight or nine wins category again. Um, so I think it's going to take some time. So I think if they make a bowl game, I think if they get six or seven wins, it's, it's successful. I think if they beat Utah, it's a very successful season. Absolutely. You mentioned Jeff Grimes and his return. He's the offense coordinator. Now you were a freshman, on that 06 team. So what, what were your um, thoughts about Jeff Grimes and your interaction with him when he was the offensive line coach? Uh, Jeff Grimes is, is well-respected by the players. Um, he has a very commanding voice. When he speaks, you, you sit up and you listen. 
Um, he's got the experience to back that up. Obviously, a guy who's who's won a national championship. Um, he uh, he knows football. He's been successful. Um, and one of the, I think the biggest thing he'll probably bring uh, to the team is is discipline and effort, which uh, in my opinion was one of the things that was lacking at least from you know from the team in general, but definitely from the offensive side last year. Uh, and that's something he doesn't put up with. He he is a, a discipline all the way. He's going to coach. He's going to coach you hard, and he's going to get the effort out of the players. So I'm excited to see how that kind of transforms the offense, uh, just kind of putting that back in the mix. Andrew, you qualified success in 2018 as BYU winning six or seven games, going to a bowl game, and then you throw in Utah. If the Cougars can end the losing streak to the Utes, that certainly would help everybody feel better about the direction of the program. But, and I know that everybody hates it when we do this, if you had to choose one, whether it would be go to a bowl game or beat Utah, which would you choose and why? Well, those players have to live in, in Utah the whole year, so of course I'm going to say they got to beat Utah, man. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, going to a bowl game is great, and it's a, it's a, it's a reward for the players, and, and it's a great time down there, uh, you know, wherever they go. But, again, uh, throughout the whole year, you beat Utah, uh, that's, that's a huge deal for the state of Utah. Um, you know, it's interesting being in Colorado now, you don't hear a lot, you know, there's, there's not much chatter. I have to get my chatter on, on Twitter about the program and about Utah sports in general. But, uh, uh, but there, when you live in Utah, uh, you got to beat your rival. Is it, uh, are you more proud or disappointed of the fact that 2009 was the last year BYU beat Utah and it was your team that did it? Huh. That's kind of bittersweet, isn't it? <laughs> Because each year it's uh, you feel really sad because your team lost, but you think, well, I guess I guess one more year of being the last guy to beat them. But I would rather them beat Utah every year, to be honest. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a bittersweet thing. Andrew George with us on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake is known as a uh, players' coach, very friendly, uh, kind, like. Someone else probably has to be the disciplinary person. Bronco Mendenhall was the discipline guy, and that kind of tone was set for the rest of the team. How do you think that dynamic can work if Kalani, who's very different from Bronco Mendenhall, isn't the disciplinarian head coach? Can the players govern themselves effectively with the discipline, Andrew? Uh, No. Short answer, no. So I I spent... Uh, two years as a grad assistant, so I had a little taste of the coaching life. And uh, yeah, so these these are our college age kids. I know a lot of them serve missions and are a little more mature, um, but still, a lot of them don't know how to manage their time. Don't don't know how to go to class. Uh, you know, they don't know how to play hard and manage their lives effectively. And that's one of the lessons you learn uh, with a with a really good uh, college football coach or that you can learn is, is discipline in your life and everything that you do. And I think there are, there's obviously certain guys that will be able to do it. Uh, there's guys that are going to be, they, they are self motivators. They're going to get it done every day. But I would say on the whole, most guys need that added push. Uh, another disciplinarian was Robert and I, and as a player, he was really frustrating at times to play with. But as a coach, when I sat in those meetings and kind of heard the method to the madness, I understood. I knew why he did things the way he did um, because 
he just believed that he had to be on his players all the time to get maximum maximum effort and maximum performance. And and it's something that I saw firsthand. So um, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, and perhaps Jeff Grimes can be the disciplinarian that uh, BYU football is looking for. I know that uh, you said he's respected, and he kind of has that feeling. Uh, I want to finish with this. Matt Bushman seems to be one of those guys that is self-motivated that the coaches don't have to worry a lot about. He had a freshman All-American campaign as a tight end. What were your impressions of what he did in year number one at that position for BYU? Uh, number one, Matt catches the ball. He'll catch it in traffic. He's he's a big body. He knows how to kind of box out. He's he's an athletic guy. Uh, he can run. Um, he uh, so Matt. We were recruiting him when I was a grad assistant, and so I had to, a chance to see his film early on when he was a wide receiver. And he's a guy that you know when they asked my opinion, which didn't mean much at the time, but when they asked my opinion, absolutely, I said this is a guy that. And that's typically what you want: somebody who runs really well, but it's just like a big receiver in high school but you know is going to be a tight end at the next level. That's really what you want. And he was that guy all the way. Um, he'll continue to develop as a blocker, and his physicality in the pass game will continue to get better. And really, the more they develop outside receivers and have guys who can contribute out there, the more that's going to help Matt on the inside because uh, it's going to give the defense uh, – they're not going to be able to just key on Matt knowing that that's where the ball uh, – where the QB wants to throw every time. Andrew, your opinion matters on BYU Sports Nation. That is for sure. <laughs> I think we should make you a regular, man. Great stuff. Great to catch up with you. Hey, definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. In Hotline Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Andrew, Strong opinion. Really good. And I disagree. I agree with Andrew that he agrees with me right on the schedule. I do not want BYU to go back to a group of five, though. I just want BYU to cool it just a touch on the amount of Power Fives they're playing in a given year. I want, like, three. When BYU in 2014 was 4-0, the Cougars played Virginia and Texas. Won those games. Everyone was feeling good, right? Did anyone feel like, oh, this schedule isn't tough enough? We should have played a bunch of tougher teams on the road. No. We were just looking at BYU being 4-0. And Andrew's right. BYU was built on not being in a Power Five, not playing a Power Five schedule. It's too tough. BYU as a whole, felt like the 2014 schedule was tough enough because they had a road game at Texas, a road game at Boise State. They were at UCF coming off a 10-win season. They won the American, and you finish at Cal. Like, it was tough enough. There were three Power Fives, Spencer. That's what I'm hoping BYU does forward. Three Power Fives and Boise State. When you play seven, you are asking for trouble. Like, what's the point of this other than making money? Like, is that the point of it? No, the point's to win. You play to win the game. Download the podcast to hear the entire interview with Andrew George again. Coming up, a BYU sophomore golfer qualifies for the U.S. Open. And more from you, our friends in Voice of the Nation. Which professional sports team would you compare to BYU football and why? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Brock Hale of BYU Baseball, and Andrew George, former tight end. Great. Sorry, Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. And Andrew George was awesome, by the way. Great tight end. Great to have a good tight end on the show. If you missed any part of the show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Jimmer Fredette, also former linebacker Cameron Jensen on his trip to Mount Everest and the release of the women's volleyball schedule. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Lindy's ranks BYU the 83rd best team in the country. 
They used the following quote from Kalani Sataki to describe the quarterback situation. I will play the best one. I don't care if that's Spencer Linton, freshman or senior, the best one will play. Golf. That was modified. BYU sophomore golfer Rhett Rasmussen qualified for the U.S. Open. He'll join Tony Finau at Shinnecock Hills. Congratulations, Rhett. Cougars in the draft. Brock Hale hopes to hear his name called today or tomorrow with the Major League Baseball draft around 3 through 10 today, rounds 11 through 40 tomorrow. Cougars in the minors. And there we go. Former BYU volleyball player Jake Langlois signed with the Polish volleyball team MKS Bedzin. Langlois played professionally in Italy last season. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Let's give it to Terry Tebbs, two-time all-whack guard at BYU. Passed away over the weekend in Cedar City, Utah. He was the grandfather of Tanner Chauncey. Great basketball player at BYU 55-56. Our question of the day and our elite voice of the day, answering which professional team would you compare BYU football to and why? At R7 Bar, Bear says, the U.S. men's curling team because they've been ice cold. Stop, stop it. Get out of here. Stop it. Get out of here. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Tanner Baldery. See you tomorrow.